This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, May 13th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. There are bare shelves where there should be baby formula. And you may be able to guess that what keeps those shelves bare in our turbulent economic times, trade and other regulatory rules that make it harder for the private sector to nimbly tweak supplies and get product to market. For parents who depend on baby formula, the stakes could not be higher. Cato's Gabriella Beaumont-Smith explains. If you could describe it in just a couple of words, what was the precipitating event that suddenly made all of us care so much about access to baby formula? Well, there, as with many things, there is no one event that causes these crises, but the reason why it has become so concerning as of the last few weeks is there have been significant recalls over the last few months that have left inventories in stores like Walgreens, CVS, and Target at very low levels so that those stores are either completely empty um, or have started promoting or started putting out Uh, limitations on the number of formula products that people can buy at one time, which is obviously concerning to many parents. Uh, I can imagine walking into a store and seeing a big sign that says, please don't buy any more than two cans of formula, um, can put them in a bit of a tizzy. And we should note, at least in in terms of the the realities for parents, Mothers who have chosen to use formula for whatever reason or have to use formula for whatever reason, uh, in many cases, it doesn't take very long for uh, them to lose the ability to just, well, I'll just breastfeed now. Uh, and that, that in many cases becomes an impossibility. Exactly. And and so that that's really what this story is about. It's about what are the alternatives to formula and since the U.S. is is going through this low stock level, um, our thinking is, well, why don't we just start importing more formula? But we find that that's not as easily done as said. So um, there are multiple tariffs and tariff-free quotas on formula. Um, you know, they could the tariffs reach up to seventeen point five percent. Um, there are limits on the amount of formula that can be imported, and and those limitations already have their own tariffs. And then if you exceed those levels, higher duties are imposed on the excess. So that makes it very difficult to import formula too. And, and to rapidly restock shelves with a large volume purchase. Absolutely, and and uh, you know it's not only about the tariffs and and tariff rate quotas, which are taxes and people can choose to pay those um, or not. It's it's about the uh, FDA's regulations on, on importing formula. There's a lot of non-tariff barriers imposed on, on baby formula from not just any country, but even from our allies in Mexico and Europe. Europe is actually a very popular market for American consumers to get formula from because a lot of Americans see it as higher quality or they prefer it because it uses alternative milk sources like goat's milk, for example. 
Um, but there are specific requirements for ingredients, for labeling. And if an, an American retailer like Walgreens does want to start selling a European um, formula, it has to go through an entirely new process to get that formula marketed. So it's easier for people to import formula for personal use. However, there's been some complications in that aspect as well. Um, in August of 2021, there the FDA started recalling massive amounts of European infant formula because it didn't comply with FDA labeling. Let's go back in time just a little bit. Uh, President Trump renegotiated, I should say, a uh, general trade agreement among Canada and the U.S. and Mexico, and uh, this was to replace NAFTA, which was, uh, to hear Donald Trump tell it, the one of the worst trade deals ever. Uh, USMCA, which built some new restrictions uh, into the trading relationships among those three countries, uh, great, well, he hailed it as a great trade agreement. What were the relevant parts of that trade agreement that weren't in NAFTA that have contributed to what we're facing right now? So you would think that Canada would be an easy place to import baby formula from, um, given that you know I think the the regulatory scheme is pretty similar to the U.S.'s, particularly when it comes to dairy. Um, however, a at the time that the USMCA was being negotiated, uh, a Chinese company was investing in a baby food plant in Ontario, which caused uh, the trade negotiators for the agreement to become quite concerned. So provisions were added to the USMCA so that there would be stricter uh, tariff-free quotas on Canadian exports of infant formula. Um, so it's very it's very difficult to to import baby formula from Canada. Uh, Mexico, fortunately, is much easier to import formula from and is our uh, top trading partner for infant formula. But even those levels are still extremely low um, as while they qualify for duty-free treatment, they are still subject to tariffs and tariff-free quotas in, in other types of baby formula. Um, and they still have to go through the the regulatory barriers that exist for importing baby formula, period. And what of the relationship between Canada and China uh, for the purposes of the U.S. importing from Canada? Well, I mean, China investing in a baby food plant in Ontario, um, they still have to comply with Canadian law, which I think we would all agree is is going to be uh, similar to the U.S. And, and certainly would be safe to import baby formula from Canada. Um, so, you know, I think that the fact that Canada is attracting investment is a good sign of the of the success of their economy. In terms of uh, the quickest, surest way to help parents deal with this problem, what are the regulatory changes or legislative changes that ought to be made immediately? We definitely support uh, trade liberalization in baby formula overall. The FDA would do well to, uh, I think, mutually recognize trading partners that have similar um, you know, 
regulatory schemes to the U.S., such as the U.K., Germany, um, Ireland, you know, most European Union countries, I, I would say, uh, Australia and New Zealand as well, uh, so that we can quickly get as much baby formula into the U.S. as possible to meet parents' needs. You'd mentioned that the FDA had been uh, recalling a lot of formula that had been imported from Europe for not complying with particular uh, requirements that the FDA sets out. What are those requirements and do they have any bearing on the actual quality of the product? I mean, it's understandable that the FDA would have requirements for certain ingredients in baby formula. Um, we, I think the U.S. does a pretty good job about creating regulations based on science. Um, mutual recognition agreements with the European Union, for example, would be useful to make it more streamlined to import European Union formula. And these seizures, while technically legal, the FDA is now listing, uh, listing um, suspending basically those regulations so that more formula can come in from the European Union. So since they believe that they can suspend those regulations now, I think we can question why that isn't the the status quo and and you know why that isn't a permanent um, rule. Uh, the European Union is a, a trustworthy trading partner that produces high quality baby formula that Americans want. And whether it's labeled in particular ways doesn't seem like a very good reason for us not to be um, bringing it to American consumers. Gabriella Beaumont-Smith is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>